I'm Lauren. Hello, I'm Sarah. Welcome back to the Multilingual Mamas podcast. Uh, this season, we made a commitment to talk to parents who are passing on to their children uh, a minority language, but one that is not an immigrant language. So today uh, we're talking to a Catalan-speaking mother living in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, Dr. Silvia Perpignan is also a researcher in bilingualism and second language acquisition and professor at the Pompeu Fabra University in Barcelona. Welcome, Silvia, and thank you for joining us. My pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. First, can you tell us um, just a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what languages you speak, uh, and where you live uh, now? Um, I'm from uh, uh, Badalona, which is uh, north of, of Barcelona, it's the metropolitan area of Barcelona. Um, my parents are from the center of Spain, uh, from Cuenca, so we speak Spanish at home, uh, and that's the family language in my ex extensive family, um, but I do speak Catalan. I feel Catalan as my language and I am passing it to my to my kids. So that has been a, a, a deliberate uh, decision on my side to, to speak uh, Catalan, the minority language to my kids. And I can explain this later and a little bit more. So Silvia, uh, what languages do you speak and how do you learn them? So uh, as I was saying, Spanish was my family language, and uh, we um, I also learned uh, Catalan in school. Uh, at the beginning, it was uh, more of a reduced uh, use of Catalan because of the neighborhood in which we lived. But then I, as you change uh, in your life, and I changed in high school, so I met much more uh, Catalan uh, speaking friends and also the university level, friends, uh, boyfriends to whom you speak in Catalan, you become a Catalan speaker if you want, right? This is a, something that um, it's also a decision, uh, what type of speaker you want to become yourself. Um, so right now I consider myself totally bilingual in both languages, even though my family language is Spanish. And um, I also speak, uh, English as, uh, as I'm doing right now, and Italian with the, the father of my kid, with my partner. Uh, so at, at home, we speak Italian, Catalan, and if my parents are here, I'll speak Spanish. I used to be able to speak in French, but not anymore. <laughs> what about your kid? So my kid was born in Canada, and so when she was inside me, uh, she was exposed to English, uh, but we moved to Barcelona uh, temporarily uh, when she was three months old. Mm -hmm. And I decided to speak to her in Spanish also because in Canada it was a minority uh, language already and it was my family language. Then. And I spoke to her in Spanish uh, until she was three. When I realized that we were going to stay uh, longer in, in Catalonia, I switched to Catalan when she was three. Um, and I, I can say that it maybe to her, I don't know, uh, two days to, to do the switch. 
And for her, she wouldn't speak Spanish uh, to me ever uh, after that. Uh, it was so natural to her to that I would be speaking the language of the school to her once she started school, right? Like the, the after kindergarten. So not a difference whatsoever. Um, she speaks also Spanish, of course, and Italian with her dad. So before we go any further, can you just describe for our listeners um, what the linguistic situation is in Barcelona? Okay, so in, uh, Barcelona is a little bit different than the rest of Catalonia, right? The metropolitan area, because um, approximately 25% of the speakers of the metropolitan area, which is 4 million of speakers, uh, out of 4 million, uh, let's say one million will be um, will have Catalan as their initial language. Uh, the rest will be Spanish speakers. So the the majority of the of the population speaks uh, Spanish and not Catalan. This is a little bit different outside uh, the metropolitan area in more rural areas in which uh, Catalan might be the predominant language, but it's up to 65% or so in the areas in which it's smoothly spoken. So um, overall in Catalonia, 32% of the population has Catalan as uh, their um, initial language and the rest has uh, 55 or so Spanish and the rest other languages due to migration, global migration. Um, so Catalan is the minority language, even though it's the natural language of the region, is the minority, it's definitely the minority language. It's, it's spoken even less every time uh, for younger uh, speakers. And this is in all the surveys, uh, usage survey of Catalan is always an alarm that um, youngers are not adopting Catalan as their uh, language of, uh, of use, even though they are they come from uh, Catalan-speaking families. When they're socialized, they use Spanish most of the time because of many um, sociocultural uh, issues. Um, you know, reggaeton is, is the music that most people hear in uh, uh, the Latin American culture is more present. And it is definitely the predominant language. So youngers, they do speak uh, Catalan. They might recover it after, in adulthood, but um, it's, there is a critical, critical age in teenage, teenage years and younger years that uh, people do not feel, unless you are very committed with Catalan, in the metropolitan area, it's not very, it's not the most common language at all. Mm -hmm. uh, even though uh, school is uh, all in Catalan, uh, there is an immersion, uh, actually it's not even immersion program, but uh, it's full, yeah, it's full immersion, yes, it's in Catalan. Uh, my kid right now does, I, I believe, two hours of English uh, a week and two or three hours of Spanish a week. Uh, the rest is supposed to be in Catalan, but of course, kids come with their own languages at, at school, and it all depends on the neighborhood and the and the school um, population. If if they are from a, a Spanish-speaking area, uh, or most of the students are Spanish speakers, the majority language of of school will be Spanish. So mm -hmm. even though um, um, all Official curriculum is in Catalan. 
And um, there, there are several dissertations uh, pointing to this uh, issue that even in neighborhoods in which uh, there is a predominant population, Catalan dominant um, population still in the playground, the language is Spanish. So mm -hmm. just I just want to be very clear for our listeners that Catalan is a Romance language uh, similar to Spanish, but even though Catalonia is in Spain, um, Catalan is the indigenous native Romance language. Just it's similar to Spanish as it is similar to French or similar to Italian. Yes, mm -hmm. it's a sister of it's a sister of Italian or French or or Spanish or Galician. And then Silvia, you have mentioned that um, in in your area or in the whole region, you can probably hear Spanish and Catalan. So we were thinking to ask you, how do you think the experience of raising children bilingually in two local languages is different from people who are trying to raise their children uh, with a minority language in a country where, like in the U.S., where English is the majority language? Um, there are two big differences. Uh, here you can really choose to speak one or the other in a way, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody, particularly because Catalan and Spanish are so similar, you can easily have a conversation in which one person speaks one language and the other person speaks the other language, and you could still have, uh, not because they are so similar that they are, I mean, they're not because they're the same language, but because uh, knowing a little bit of the one language and a little bit of the other one, you can understand each other. So there is this freedom that uh, heritage speakers uh, might not have, right? They, they have to change uh, language, but sometimes that happens here too. Um, the other uh, obvious difference is the is literacy. Uh, here kids are uh, exposed and know how to read in both languages. And that uh, is a, a big issue, I believe, for, for language development. So, um, I would say those are two of the main uh, differences. Do you think that the fact that children that are raised in this region of Spain are literate in two languages helps them feel more empowered about the possibility of speaking both and that really helps with maintenance or not necessarily? Maintenance of the minority language? No, really. Not necessarily? You, no, because you can, uh, because of the school system is in Catalan, right? Some uh, kids might see it and some families perceive it as an imposition because okay. Catalan is another uh, native language and that can have a back as like a, like a uh, bad attitudes or negative attitudes towards uh, the minority right. language because they feel is overprotected or um, in, in, in a superiority um, position uh, mm -hmm. Even though it, it's not true, right? But um, yeah, that's, that's how some it's it's also a political issue, right? Okay, I hadn't thought about that potential backlash. That's interesting. Um, so obviously, your family is multilingual, uh, or many people in Barcelona are bilingual. Do you think people who are bilingual in Spanish and Catalan would also consider themselves bicultural? Uh I would say so. Yes. Yes, I would say so. There specific aspects of Catalonian culture that you try to pass on to your daughter? 
Well, living here, it's very easy to yeah. do because, you know, Christmas, celebrations are different. There are some uh, cultural differences, like festivities are different. Uh, different. Uh, Christmas is uh, celebrated differently, for instance. And that is easy to pass on what, when you live in the place, right? Because everybody will do that, or, or most of the people will do that. Um, also, the schools have been uh, doing like a, a good revival um, project on, on to revitalize all these old, old Catalan traditions that because of the political situation, the Franco situation, they were not used anymore or not... Um, they were not habitual anymore uh, or definitely not were not mainstream and i will say that now there are like for instance um the el cagatio uh, so, uh, to celebrate uh, al tio uh, that would be something that is uh, now it's starting to be very very common in all families but we never did it in my family right because um my family came from a different uh, place. They didn't come from Catalonia, so we never celebrated that and things things like that. So yes, um, also I would like to mention that for the Catalan culture and the Catalan identity per se, language is the number one issue. Uh, it will be if you ask a Catalan person what uh differentiate you from uh different culture it will it will they will say the language so yeah. the survival of the language is perceived as the survival of the the culture i think i think what sylvia is saying well sylvia is saying right now is really interesting because being right now in the south of france where the language is not as predominant as it is in the in, in catalonia sur <laughs> It's interesting. The the library has a lot of books in Catalan. Everything is written in Catalan too, but they have preserved a lot of cultural aspects that I had never thought about until I was here. You might not hear Catalan everywhere, but you feel a presence throughout the city, which I never thought possible without the language. So I I'm, I really appreciate you mentioning this because I'm living it right now. And also I wanted to say that I have friends, very good friends of mine that I grew up with that have lived in Barcelona for many years, like I have lived in the US. And they have mentioned as well that if you make the effort of learning the language, you get to experience a part of Catalonia that you don't, if you if you don't make that effort. Like there's a, there's a hidden part of, and I don't wanna say hidden, there's a part of Catalonia that you can only experience in Catalan. And I thought that was very interesting. That's true. I and mean, it's not only, in the rural Catalonia, which it will be obvious, but also in the metropolitan area, also in yeah. Barcelona. For instance, my partner, who is Italian, does not speak Catalan. Uh, he, you know, Italians do not believe in regional languages in general. Uh, it's a, like a new trend now, but like all Italians don't believe in general. They, they don't perceive uh, regional uh, varieties of uh, Italian as uh, Italo-Roman varieties as uh, prestige languages. Uh, so for even though he is a speaker of Venetian uh, or Veneto, so for him Catalan is like a second class language. Right, mm -hmm. as he perceives his own, like uh, Venetian, Venetian, his variety of Venetian. So, um, 
So when he moved here, he was not interested and he's not interested in, in learning Catalan. And that's uh, the attitude of many immigrants when they come to Barcelona. They come here and they think, well, I speak Spanish. That will take me everywhere. And that is true. That will take you everywhere. But then there is all this part that I cannot share with my partner, such as going to a theater. For instance, the theater in Barcelona is in Catalan, period. Like if you have like all the cultural production of Barcelona is in Catalan, mm -hmm. uh, unless some uh, foreign productions come, right? Mm -hmm. But those will be not produced here. So if you really want to be also in the school, um, in all the kids' activities, those will be always in Catalan. Mm -hmm. And he cannot get into those because he doesn't, and I mean, he does understand the language because we speak it at home, but he's not an active speaker or, or an interested in speaker in the language, in the minority language. Also because he thinks that he has enough learning Spanish and to, to add another yeah, one, yeah. right? This is a, a big issue too, to people that come here, like, oh, I need to learn Spanish. Uh, I, 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 don't, I cannot care right now about Catalan. Yes. And they say like that. Yeah, of um, course, it would be great to speak every language, but sometimes, you yeah. have to, yes, to prioritize. Silvia, do you have a mention? What language do you use to communicate with your partner? In Italian. Okay. okay. Yeah, we speak in Italian. Yeah. We also, I want to mention before we move on that Catalan is also spoken in the south of France, which is why Sara mentioned it previously. Um, we touched on this a little already, but beyond public schooling in Catalan, what other resources exist in the community to support your family's multilingualism? Well, um, I have to say it's easier these days to be multilingual. Mm -hmm. It's easier than ever, right? Because for instance, my kid grew up only watching and listening to its cartoons in Italian, for instance. And that's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, because in my in my family situation, Italian is a, is a real minority, right? Uh, because it's the heritage language that my kid uh, has. So I always thought that I had to support uh, Italian the most uh, in all these cases, right? So she's so used to uh, watch uh, cartoons in Italian that she, and she will get all this vocabulary that we never use at home, right? This kid's vocabulary. So I think it's very important. But this is not always easy in the case of minority languages because Netflix does not have, uh, does not have uh, Catalan as their one of their languages. Uh, neither does Disney yeah. for all uh, films. So this is an issue uh, in supporting minority languages abroad. Um, here for me is easier because I'm not trying to do the opposite. But imagine if I was in Catalan in Canada, it would be much uh, it, it would be quite difficult for me to support Catalan because I wouldn't have these resources. Come on, Disney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well it, it's been a that was a political issue as well. Uh, how much uh, the Catalan government can um, pressure or how much power it has to or actually how much money does it have to pay Disney in order to um, to dub in Catalan? Money yeah. is always the answer. 
Yeah. Well, I think you also talked about this, Sylvia, before you said that it was pretty easy to transition from speaking Spanish to your daughter to speaking Catalan once you moved to, to Barcelona. Mm -hmm. How does your daughter feel about her bilingualism or biculturalism in general? Is that normal among her peer her, group too? Her trilingualism, right? True, uh, true. She's, she's very happy about it. She's very proud, actually. It's so natural to her to switch languages that she will be surprised if, if I talk to her. It's, it's normal if I talk to her in Italian because that's the family language, right? Even though it's not our language. So she wouldn't reply to me in Italian if we are, um, if we are only the two of us. Even though sometimes it, it, it happens to me that I speak to her in Italian, she will always reply to me in Catalan, always. Um, but she, she's been surprised also sometimes that she tells me, oh, why are you speaking to me in grandma's language uh, when she was younger? Like uh, sometimes if I speak uh, to her in Spanish, I say something, she will be like, mm, but th this is not our language. So it was, uh, she recognizes it as her own language, but with uh, her cousins, with her uh, grandma, grandpa, uh, not with me. So that's also very interesting. So she's never expressed any um, insecurity or frustration surrounding her trilingualism? No, uh, we never correct her. Mm -hmm. uh, I love uh, listening to her errors or her mistakes and her mixing. I love them. Uh, so I, you, I, ne I hardly correct her. Uh, I think that she, she will have She's six, by the way. I never said this. Um, <laughs> and we have a, an open, uh, positive attitude towards trilingualism at home, right? And I think this is very important, too. Yeah, that goes a long way if you have the right mindset. She's now so happy when I read to her in English, though. Uh, I used to do it when she was younger because I always thought that we would be back in Canada. So I thought, oh, I have to also, uh, you know, reinforce her English which is non-existent, I would say. Uh, and she doesn't like it um, because she cannot understand it so far. Sometimes I do. I mean, she likes the classes and the teachers that she has, but she doesn't, definitely she does not feel it as her language, as she does feel her own language, the three of the other three, right? Spanish, Catalan, and Italian, definitely. Yeah. I have to say I'm very impressed that you're, able to navigate all these languages because Italian, Spanish, and Catalan being so close and also having to work with English. Mm -hmm. I feel like at some point and being like, a, I don't know, that the, you were, you're an early bilingual for Spanish and Catalan, but then Italian and English happened later in life. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I'm, Italian happened definitely later. Yes. Um, but, but I feel Italian much, much closer to me than, than English. Uh, I do speak quite well Italian. I have to say that I made an effort. Uh, my partner was very good at teaching me Italian, I, I must say. But also, um, I, I sometimes I think that I learned Italian as a heritage speaker because I learned it naturalistically. I never went to school to learn Italian. The only thing I did was to buy a grammar for myself because I, I wanted to see how the, you know, the rules uh, the grammar rules, which are quite different from Spanish or Catalan. Uh, so I wanted to see how the morphology work and all that. And once I figured that out, um, I try to watch lots of uh, shows in Italian, movies, 
listen to Italian music. And that's how I learned. And, and I'm very proud of my self-taught Italian, I would say, with my uh, very unconscious way of teaching me Italian from my partner, actually, because he never, he, he's not a linguist at all. And he has no idea about the rules or anything. And, but uh, yeah, it, it, he was a good model. Yeah, so I do feel Italian quite my own language as well. I do have strong judgments on, on, on Italian. Uh, and when I go to Italy, people tell me that they don't know where I'm from. And that to me is uh, like in, in terms of we're from, Ita from Italy, right? Because there is such a big diversity. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, people will say, oh, you're from the north, but they wouldn't know from where because I don't have a specific uh, dialectal uh, variety. But um, they might think uh, that, uh, for, at least from the, at the beginning, they might think that I'm a native speaker of Italian, um, you know, whatever that is. But um, that makes me proud. That's cool. So, Sylvia, can you now talk to us a little bit about your research and how your research informs your language practices at home or how your experience raising a trilingual child has informed your research, if it has at all? That's a very good question. Um, and I'm glad that you are asking this. Um, so... In the last 10 years or so, I've been investigating Catalan in a bilingual context and the acquisition of Catalan in a bilingual context, which hasn't been investigated, believe it or not, before. Uh, the very few studies that were investigating Catalan were either very sociolinguistic in terms of usage of the language and attitudes towards the language, or it was an acquisition of Catalan as a monolingual variety not taking into account that those kids were already exposed to Spanish somehow, right? So I thought, also because of my background, right, my, my, my uh, bilingual background, I wanted to investigate the Catalan of speakers like myself um, that learn Catalan um, through their life and they haven't uh, been in a Catalan-speaking family. So I would say that my uh, the innovation of my uh, research is to investigate bilingual Catalan uh, and consider this type of speakers uh, also natural speakers of Catalan as well. So from that point of view, I think that, and, and also because of my experience, I can tell you that bilingualism is definitely a continuum and a, a dynamic process that you can change your bilingual profile through your throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And this is something that sometimes studies, research studies don't have into account. And I think it's also very important to consider the history and, and the development of that bilingualism or trilingualism uh, in life. So yeah. how has that, uh, you know, uh, informed my practices at home? Well, I've seen that uh, over and over that Catalan is always a minority language. Uh, and that if we want to, as I say with Italian, right, I always think that the languages that have to be uh, supported most at home are the minority languages. So Catalan in Italian, in my case, Spanish comes for free. Like there is no way I can avoid uh, knowing Spanish to my kid. There is not such an option. So, and she's like a very fluent and competent Spanish speaker, even though we don't speak it at home. So, 
sorry, a quick clarification for you personally and potentially for your daughter. What's the percentage of Spanish that you too would be exposed to on a day-to-day -day basis? So we can give the, our listeners an understanding. Since she's going to school in Catlin and she's speaking Catlin with you, what percentage of the day you would say she hears or communicates in Spanish? Well, when she's with my parents, she only speaks uh, Spanish, right? Mm -hmm. uh, at school, I would say most of her friends only speak, mostly speak Spanish as well. Mm. So I, I, I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I don't know if the question is uh, remarking how little or how, or how much. I don't, honestly, I don't know. And this is why you've been talking about Catlin as a minority language all this time. And I, I believe it is. I'm just... Because I'm a Spanish speaker, if I go to Barcelona, I'm going to communicate in Spanish. But I don't know what that would look like if I were a bilingual speaker. So it, it seems like you're saying the children might communicate in Spanish. Like the same way if my son goes to a dual immersion school in the U.S., even though he's probably going to receive instruction in, in Spanish, the communication among peers might happen in in English mostly. Yeah, I guess that's that, what's happening that, for you, for you too, yeah. Okay. That can happen. It depends on the neighborhood and in the region right. in which you live, um, because that changes from one to one yeah. school. There are schools that are more inclined to Catalan, others that go. So uh, that can change uh, the percentage. But I don't know anybody, even people who are from very rural, rural areas of Catalonia that do not speak Spanish. Catalan. But I do know lots of people that do not speak Catalan. Mm -hmm. so that helps. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. It's always, I feel like a mystery for me since I'm not familiar with that context. So if you go to Barcelona, uh, so let me tell you, it will be difficult for you to use Catalan. Well, I do. I've been a lot to Barcelona this year and I've, I'm always spoken to in Catalan. And then I just respond in Spanish and the people are just like switching. But definitely I hear it, but I cannot communicate in it. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are trying to speak it more or I get or I, I hear it more addressed to me. But then because I don't follow up, they just switch. So it's it's really interesting to me. Uh, and do they switch completely? Because that would be also not an interesting question, right? Whether uh, you know, the assumption will be that everybody speaks both languages, but when you speak to somebody in Catalan and they reply to you in Spanish, automatically the conversation becomes in Spanish. Um, I've had both. I have both. I remember this instance we went, Lucas and I went to the Lego store and you know, the person that was on the counter and we were trying to, to ask questions and uh, get more information for the toys he was interested in, spoke to me in Catalan and I replied in Spanish and he kept talking to me in Catalan. And I remember at some point, Lucas kind of noticed and he was like, mom, what is he speaking? And I'm like, he's speaking Catlin. And he's like, but you're answering Spanish. And I was like, yeah, I know. You, you understand what he's saying? And I'm like, I, I do. <laughs> but like, he stopped asking questions. And then after we left, I told him what was happening. And he was just really curious. For me, it wasn't, it wasn't violent, but it was just like such a basic conversation that it wasn't, there wasn't any issue. From a linguistic standpoint, I understood what he was asking. Do you have a car for the store, for the store, and things like that? But I, I thought it was interesting because it's the only time it's happened to me that he really wanted to keep this conversation. It's very exceptional. Life. It's very exceptional. Yeah, but it was really cool that my my son noticed straight away. He's like, "Oh, this is not Spanish, but you seem to be understanding what's going on." And I was like, "Yeah, it's fine," because we had taught the students 
what Catalonia would be like and then maybe they could hear Catalan and everything so he was already paying attention so when this happened he was like oh that's the language that Fernando was talking about and I'm like yeah this is it and he was like oh it's so cool that I I got to hear it and then you understand it and I'm like to an extent I do <laughs> but yeah no, it's that's why I'm asking you because I don't know if I had been bilingual, this was this this interaction would have ended up being in Catalan. So then, yes, maybe definitely. If, if somebody yes, if somebody asks you in a story in Catalan, which yeah. is exceptional because okay. it's, you know cool. it's quite difficult to get a story in which there are Catalan speakers. Like for for instance, in bars, is quite difficult because most okay. uh, most mm -hmm. service uh do, you know uh, service people do not come from catalonia so they don't uh, speak catalan so it's it's quite difficult to get unless it's like a more i don't know regional restaurant or but like in a chain you you cannot order in catalan okay. i cannot even imagine it using catalan in, in mcdonald's or something like that that's very interesting okay yeah, thank you for clarifying that. I don't know. I find it fascinating. Being close to Barcelona has been a really interesting um, area for me in terms of linguistic, you know, patterns and things like that. Um, but just going back to the fact that you you lived in Canada and then you started speaking Spanish to your daughter and then you switched. What advice do you have for parents who are in a similar situation? So just for example, I have friends who um, are bilingual in Basque and Spanish or in Catalan Spanish and they live in the U.S or other countries, and they always ask me, Sarah, what should I pass on to my children? Should I go ahead and do Basque if my I spoke Basque with my parents at home? Should I do Spanish? What do you think? And I always tell them, do whatever feels right for you. But what advice do you have for this particular group of parents that had such, an, like, such a specific situation? Yeah, definitely do whatever feels close to you, right? Whatever you want to pass on to your kids. Um, being in Canada, for me, my priority was that my kid was able to communicate with uh, my parents, with her grandparents. So that's why I, I had no doubt I would speak to her in Spanish. It would have been it would have been natural for me to speak to her in Catalan in that context. It would have been artificial for me. Whereas here, where I live now, in a way, it was the opposite. So, and this is the, the, one of the affordances that we have of being bilingual, that we can choose, right? And it was um, uh, as natural to me to speak Spanish uh, to her in Canada as it is uh, speaking to her in Catalan here. So my recommendation is always there is to feel do whatever you feel close and important to you and always take into account that whatever you have to reinforce is the minority language. Okay. Whatever, you know, the minority language in that situation. Yes. So do you have any advice or suggestions for what we should advocate for in the US to make the US more amenable to multilingualism? as I, we perceive Catalonia to be? Uh, well, that, that would be a debatable question, uh, debatable <laughs> issue. Well, societies in general, you don't have to specifically. Yes. Uh, so one thing, I was thinking about this, right? When uh, Sarah mentioned uh, regarding Spanish bilinguals, for instance, I have this friend who came here 
uh, to visit me. She was a friend that I made, a very good friend that I made in the U.S. And she moved back to Bilbao and now I'm here. And she came to visit me this summer and she decided to speak in Basque to her uh, kid, even though she's not, uh, she doesn't come from a Basque uh, speaking family. And because I am uh, very attuned to multilingualism, I completely understand that. And I, I applaud her decision because it's a, it's a difficult decision. It's an effort, uh, effortful decision for herself. Um, but I, I, I can also see that for some people it will be very weird because they cannot understand anything that they are, that she's saying to her kid. Uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a situation in which there are more people, right? So I think that my, my suggestion to the U.S. will be do not care if you don't understand what uh, a mom is telling to a kid, even though they are part of the group, because she's talking to her kid. She's not talking to everybody else, right? Uh, and just be uh, tolerant that that's the way they communicate to each other and and that's it and you don't understand it learn more languages so that, that will be a solution for you to understand, uh, to understand uh whatever they are saying yeah there's there's a long way to go here but yeah just at an individual level i guess being tolerant is a good yeah and and also do not perceive it as a as a lack of respect because some yeah. people see it as lack of respect like we were, I was talking about my partner uh, when I have friends over and we speak all in Catalan. He thinks that we are disrespectful to him because we are not switching into Spanish. And I tell him, uh, look, whoever is being disrespectful here is you because you are in Catalonia and you are not speaking Catalan or, or you are not making the effort at least to understand Like nobody is asking you to respond in Catalan. But to follow a conversation, that would be because right. that's um, so he expects us to switch languages, right? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, and 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 I it's so whoever listens to me here might think that I'm a, a fundamentalist with Catalan, and I'm not at all. Actually, I speak Spanish with uh, my family, with all my family. So I'm not a, a fundamentalist with Catalan at all, but I just see the rea the linguistic reality of a minority language. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And if yeah. we keep always switching, uh, we will switch and we will be switched off at the end. No, I applaud you for that because I see my husband in you. He has a very under a clear understanding that French is a minority language. He chose to speak French, even though it wasn't a family language, and he never, never accommodates anybody. And he's very upfront about it. He's like, my children don't get a lot of French. They will never get a lot of French because we're not going to live in France. So I'm the only input they get. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask me, but I'm not going to switch. And he's very, very, sometimes it feels a bit aggressive. So I'm like, oh my God. And it's like, no, he's not saying anything weird. It's just like, this is it. Like he's protecting that relationship in French. So I applaud you for that because it's not easy. Sometimes not people easy. will perceive it as aggressive or... Most of the time Sorry. when people are talking to their kids, they're just saying like, don't eat the dirt or yes. like, you know, we're leaving <laughs> exactly. in five minutes. It's never yes. like, you know, 
death to Spain. It's not. Or like, you're not gossiping about the other family or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, who cares? It's like you're telling somebody that uh, probably you're just scolding your kids. Uh, yes. Yes. I was going to say, I'm very glad we don't have a lot of French speaking friends that understand what my husband says because 80% of the time he's just telling them to shut up or like sit down or stay quiet. <laughs> so like, yeah, but there, there are, these are two different situations, right? One is uh the language the heritage language that you are passing on into your kids in a in a different society right and you have to make an effort but the other one is as i was explaining we are here uh, with some of my friends i always speak in catalan uh for instance i have this uh very good friend whose husband is from canada and he speaks catalan uh and, and he's from canada and he speaks very good Catalan. And so the conversation with them is in Catalan around the table, except for when my partner comes and he expects us, all of us, to change into Spanish, even though, you know, if the other person who choose, who decide, oh, no, then I will speak mm, English because it's my language. Uh, Spanish is not my language, right? So it's these expectations of people accommodating that we shouldn't, we shouldn't expect mm -hmm. or, or at least we shouldn't impose right yeah is there anything yeah. else you wanted us to ask you or wanted to talk about no i think i've talked quite a lot <laughs> i really hope that uh, i don't come come across as a very <laughs> fundamentalist because I'm I, not. So. I don't think so at all no i, I don't think so i think you're you spoke your mind and that's good and you just, i think you're protecting anyway. yeah you're just protecting the minority and also, um the the same way I might sound protective with Catalan. I also sound not so keen with very fundamentalist Catalan speakers in Catalonia, uh, because I uh, am a, a proponent of this bilingual Catalan and the language change and uh, languages change and, and Catalan is changing because of the contact with Spanish and we have to accept it. And if we don't accept this different way of speaking Catalan, after being uh, mostly because it's the second language of, of many speakers, uh, we won't have Catalan then. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can be aggressive in, in both or sound offend, aggressive. You can offend everybody. Offend, yeah, I can offend everybody. But I try to uh, be objective and see what the data says, right? Mm. Uh, I, I follow what uh, the data tell us. Yeah. Well, I think your attitude is really positive, and I think you're going to pass that on to your daughter. And honestly, I'm already seeing that with my son. He's so interested in Catlin right now. He's obsessed with it. I literally had to text uh, Silvia Perez Cortez the other day, and I was like, can you read this paragraph in Catalan out loud to my son so that he can hear what this language sounds like? Because it's driving me crazy. And he was fascinated by it. And it's because of the area where we're at right now and also the, the the attitude you could perceive it as like oh i don't like these people because they're speaking a different language or he's more like "Ooh, another language let me learn more about it mm -hmm. so thank you for doing what you do for doing your research for documenting this change that's happening and for talking to us today it was great yeah, super interesting thank you for having me it's been a pleasure so thanks again sylvia uh, to everybody else, we'll be back soon with another episode. Hasta luego. Ciao.
If you ever have questions about us or questions about the podcast, go to home and our website at multilingualmomaspodcast.com and click on the link for questions. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and stay tuned for more episodes of Multilingual Mamas.